Nicole Drummond has three of the most important jobs in the world. She's a mom, a youth minister, and the parish secretary at the Basilica of St. Mary in Norfolk, Virginia. Nicole is a cradle Catholic who, though she is a ministry now, was not initially called to that vocation. She shares with us her story of being called by God to serve her community and to live out her faith as a black Catholic. I had such a wonderful conversation with Nicole that it's hard to describe how much I had to think about when we were done. She really encouraged me to continue to advocate as a person of color in the church for diversity and representation in all that we do, for the Catholic to truly mean universal. We're proud to present to you Echoes and Hope with Nicole Drummond. So I am a cradle Catholic. I was actually baptized when I was two weeks old because they thought that I was going to die. <laughs> but clearly I didn't. I was reared in Norfolk, Virginia. Then it was just St. Mary's Catholic Church. But in the beginning of the early 90s, it was made a minor basilica. So it's the only African-American minor basilica technically in the world, but we say in the U.S. I went to elementary school there, and then I went to a Catholic middle school, and then I went to a public high school. I'm third generation Catholic. My grandmother was a convert, so only her and her seven kids and then all of us underneath are Catholic. The rest of our family are different denominations. When I went to college, I definitely strayed away. It was the beginning of the scandal and I was like, I don't think this is what I want to be a part of. But I was afraid to tell my mother that I didn't want to be Catholic. So when I came home, I still went to mass. I still did what I was supposed to do, but my heart really wasn't into it. And then I got pregnant with my first child and the subject came up of baptism and I I was like, oh, I'm not sure. But by the time he turned six, they finally convinced me. So they were like, you don't do it now. It's going to have to go through RCIA. So with that, I started coming back to the church, started fully adapting as an adult in the church. And then a couple of years later, I had my second child. And, you know, daycare fees are ridiculous. The church needed an administrative assistant. I could bring the child. And they were like, oh, you're not working? Come on. Like, they knew me because I grew up. I was like, uh, I don't know about the right one for this but I just went ahead and I did it and it was just like a whole new light I, I don't know what I thought people did in the church office Monday through Friday I was definitely just a pew person I just came on Sunday I, I don't know I thought you just turned on the lights and that was it. It started opening my eyes up to a whole other faith journey. And I didn't realize what was going on at the time, but I started reading more and going to church more and understanding more and asking questions. And then it was in a staff meeting. I said something about, well, the creation story and the DRE said, that's a myth. I said, what? What are you talking about? And our priest said, you just can't say that like that. You can't tell people that. And I was like, wait, she's telling me the truth? And he's like, oh, Oh my God, you can't just blurt that out like that. And that was just like opening Pandora's box. So I've just been nonstop since then. I am now currently the coordinator for youth ministry at our church and I assist our DRE. So as I learn more, I'm also sharing with the next generation. So I have a hashtag, N-Y-T-Y-M, not your typical youth minister. So sometimes I have an answer. Sometimes we'll find out um, together. 
Um, I am involved in the Lay Ecclesial Ministry Institute with my diocese. So I am working on my master's in theology with the emphasis in youth ministry and catechesis. I just didn't want to dive in and not fully understand or teach someone something that could deter them from the faith. I want to make sure that I am fully competent and I know what I'm talking about and I'm sharing and directing them on the right path. So right now, my patron saint is Catherine Dreskel about education because I'm still learning and now I'm providing that tool for the kids. I lean on her a lot. I think with leaving and coming back, you know, you're not in the faith for men. Men will disappoint you every turn, but you're here for God. You're here for Jesus and they never leave us. They never stray from us. So I realized I shouldn't have left the church because I'm not here because of these men or because of their actions. I'm here for the Eucharist. I'm here for Jesus. So as long as he shows up for me, then I will show up for him. I think you're comfortable when you're around people that are like you. And I think that's with anyone, whether you are Italian or Irish or whatever, you're just more comfortable around people of your culture. And every culture does things differently. One thing that our Hispanic brothers and sisters do more than us is that they're more vocal. And they'll say, hey, you don't have a Spanish-speaking mask. You don't have this. You don't have that. I think because of our background on how Africans came to America and trying to fight for so much we don't stand on the front line and advocate for ourselves anymore and when you're at a black catholic church you don't have to advocate it's just you you're comfortable so i think that's a big difference i got to a point where i would only go to my catholic church and not go to another because i didn't feel comfortable but now i feel comfortable you know catholic is universal and when you go in this church it's the same order maybe different people different styles but you still can follow the mass so so I think that's the difference. Like you don't feel like you have to advocate. You don't feel like you're an outsider. A lot of times people visit and they write cards. We got a card from an older gentleman, a white guy, and he said that he was just in town on business and he looked it up and then he saw that it was a black Catholic church and he, he was like, oh, I've never been to one of those. He said, but from the time he got out of his car to the time he got back in, he was greeted with smiles and he's never felt more welcome in a place. The only thing that pops up where I see like there's a culture disconnect would be our pro-life stance with our faith. And then, you know, your culture has a different take on it. And I think that's because I feel like our pro-life stance has turned into more of an anti-abortion when really pro-life is from womb to tomb. I don't think that you're going to be able to change how people feel about abortion in general with laws. I feel like you have to do that through their heart. We're not of this world. You know, this world is not ours. And laws are there to protect people. So those laws were there because regardless whether people say you can or can't have an abortion, people are still going to have one. You know, it's never okay to have an abortion, and I believe that. But we have to change with heart. We have to show people. We have to be there. And we have to say, you know, you do have a choice, and here is a better one. Here is one where both are happy. I think the disconnect is, like I said, Blacks have always had to fight for something. 
but we don't see all of these people standing with us in the 70s or in the 60s on the marches. So it's like you care more, not you care more, but that's what it appears. Like you care more about an unborn child who's not here than the people who stand in your face who are just asking to be treated as equals. And we see that now with the immigration laws where the people, the signs about pro-life on the borderlines, things like that. So I think that's the big difference that I see with culture and faith. Like if we're gonna do pro-life, let's be pro-life from the beginning to the end. Let's take better care of our seniors. So let's make sure that they're taken care of and let's really take care of the person from the womb to the tomb. I don't know if this is a gift or a talent. I want to be there, be available to those that have questions that are struggling and then try to be an example, you know, for a mom that has multiple kids, you know, try and show up to mass with the kids and try and sit through a reading without telling someone to stop. (laughs) I think that people are more attracted to things when they see people that look like them. So always be out in the open, go to conferences, be a part of workshops, lead workshops, because when people start seeing you, then they will start changing the narrative like, oh, maybe we should do this, or maybe we should do that. I think most people think the people that work for the church are perfect. People think that priests are perfect and that they have this little perfect life and they talk to God all the time and everything's just great. And showing people that, hey, I'm just like you, I'm ordinary, I struggle, I don't understand things at times. Sometimes it's difficult for me to pray, but you keep pushing. Being a part of the faithful or being a co-worker of the vineyard is not an easy task. And you're human and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have difficult times and that's what I try and show people that there are difficult times there are hard times there are going to be times that we do not understand but his ways aren't our ways he never said that okay once you follow me everything's going to be perfect he said that he would be there I will be with you even though you walk through the shadows of death I am with you one of my favorite parables is when he says that there was a house built on sand and then there was a house built on rock and the storm came and the houses shook and rocked and the house that was on sand collapsed, but the house that was built on a rock was still there. It was still standing. So you go through storms, but you have this foundation. And then when that's over, you look back, you're like, I don't even know how I got through that. I don't even know how I lasted. Or you go through a situation and you're calm. You're like, I'm going to be all right. You know, and everybody's like, this is this is a big deal. But that's him. That's him with you. That's him not leaving you. So just understanding, like, this isn't an easy task. It's a fight to be on the battlefield. My friend Joe off the time because we live in Virginia. We live in Norfolk. It's the biggest naval base, so it's a lot of military. So whenever we go somewhere, they're like, you're military? You got military ID? You got military discount? She's like, well, I'm a soldier for the Lord. Does that count? <laughs> you know, do I get a discount for that? I'm on the battlefield every day. <laughs> do we still get a discount? I just try and show people like, hey, I'm having a bad day too. I understand, but this is how we get through it and pray through the difficult times. And without difficult times, we don't know when we're having good times. And then as older people say, then you look back and you're like, I made it through. It's okay. You're human. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall down. You're going to do this. And as you can see, I'm still here. All of that stuff happens to me. I'm still here. I'm still coming. You know, I'm still praying for you and with you. And just to lead by example. 
there's not one singular black Catholic identity. We grew up in different places. We, you know, like different things. We have different experience. So it's not something that you can put, you know, it's not say, oh, well, you're not a real black Catholic because you didn't do this or you're not this because you didn't go through this or, you know, you didn't go to Catholic school. You don't understand or you're a convert. You just came Catholic 10 seconds ago. You have no idea. But to welcome everyone in with open arms and understand our differences because that'll make us better and that will actually make us one. And then two, the generational. I struggle with that at my parish and in my working. I went to a seminar on aging seniors and how, you know, words like old and feeble and all this, it makes a, a person feel like they're not one. And in Africa, you know, people call their older people like elders and wise and things like that. In our eyes, their ways may be outdated. <laughs> And they probably are. <laughs> but we have to figure out how to be generational and open up the conversation and understand what they may have went through and then have that talk to bridge the two. We understand that. We know that's what you've been through, but this is what we're going through now. And this is how we would like to move on. So just opening up the conversation and the dialogue within ourselves and then take a page from our Hispanic brothers and sisters. And once we've opened up that dialogue within ourselves and then present that to the church. I see a lot of diocese going to multi-ethical offices so it's no longer the office of Hispanic ministry or black Catholics or things. It's let's group all these people right here and that doesn't work because we all have different goals. We all have different backgrounds and I don't want us to a, feel like we're competing with our other minority brothers and sisters but I also don't want us to lose our voice and to support one another. So if I know that you do a podcast I'm going to put that out there and say, hey, this podcast is out for. If I know there's a black speaker, you know, when you go to those meetings, be like, hey, what about Shannon? She does this. She's been in youth ministry for 10 years, but continue to support one another. And that will grow us in faith. You know, like I said, when people see people that look like them, that's who we root for. That's who we go to. And I just think that we just need to open up the conversation and the dialogue within ourselves and be more accepting. I think my gift is trying things outside of the box, not doing things the same way that they've been done for 25 or 30 years, but let's try this approach and see how things work. And being open-minded, you know, still listening to those that came before us and understanding what they went through and their faith and how they do it and try and, and take that and honor that and move it forward.